you're listening to the Direct Care Derm. My name is Stephen. I'm a board-certified dermatologist and direct care dermatology practice owner. I'm also your host. The Direct Care Derm is a podcast that gives you a blueprint for creating a direct care practice of your own with the help of my story as I'm living it and the stories of many friends and colleagues, both within dermatology and other fields of medicine and in relevant non-medical fields, such as marketing and finance. Each week, my friends and I will be bringing you tips, resources, education, entertaining stories, industry insights, and so much more. Consider this your one-stop shop for taking yourself from direct care curiosity to direct care mastery. At this point, you may find yourself asking, what is direct care? Direct care is the restoration of the therapeutic physician-patient relationship and the trust between patient and physician that has eroded so terribly over the last several decades. Direct care is addition by subtraction. It's the opposite of indirect care, the kind of care that's so frustrating to both patients and doctors. If you or a doctor in your life has ever talked about being burned out in medicine, this is one of the biggest reasons why. Fortunately, there's something we can do about it. By removing as many barriers as possible that stand between physicians like myself and the people who need us, Direct care practices seek to provide transparent, affordable, accessible, and superior care that meets and ideally even surpasses the expectations of the 21st century healthcare consumer. Welcome back to another episode of the Direct Care Derm. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Luellis. For this week's episode, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of my upcoming brand new ebook entitled Your Derm's Secret to Looking 40 at 50 Without Needles and Knives. Your simple, cost-effective, science-based system to looking younger than your friends throughout the years starts today. Disclaimer. This book is not intended as a substitute for medical advice from a physician. A physician should be consulted if one is considering starting a medication or if there are any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This book was current as of January 2024, and as new information becomes available through research, experience, or changes to product contents, some of the data in this book may become invalid. You should seek the most up-to-date information on your medical care and treatment from your physician or healthcare professional. I'm writing this book for a younger version of all of us myself included. I'm also writing it for older versions of us. I have a feeling all of them will be grateful. Before I get into it, I want to remind you not to compare and despair. As you've likely heard already and will hear again later in this book, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. I didn't start thinking about this stuff until I started my dermatology residency in 2016 when I was approaching my 32nd birthday. When you're finished reading this, you may end up feeling great that you're already doing what I recommend and have been doing it for much longer than I have. If so, awesome. But you may also finish reading this and be tempted to feel bad about yourself or lament the time you can't get back. I suspect the latter case will apply to most readers, and that's okay. Try to have some gratitude that you're learning this now instead of 10 years from now or never. Few people question the critically important habit of brushing and flossing your teeth twice a day. It may seem obvious to do this and strange or even off-putting not to do it. This is likely at least in part due to access. Getting an appointment to see a dentist and a dental hygienist is relatively easy. 
the fortunate among us have the privilege of seeing one twice a year for routine maintenance. But how many people get to see a board-certified dermatologist twice or even once a year? As of 2021, there were almost 26,000 people for every one practicing dermatologist in the United States. In light of this, it's not surprising that my patients typically have to wait three to four months when a routine referral is made to the dermatology department I was part of until late summer 2023. Our prospective patients couldn't even simply call the office and ask for an appointment. They have to have a referral from another member of their healthcare team just to get in line due to the massive supply-demand imbalance. That's not acceptable access. In light of that, one of my career goals is to build and sustain a practice that delivers high-quality, accessible, hospitable, and affordable dermatology care that people who really need it don't have to wait months to get. But that's a different book and story altogether. For more on that, I recommend you sign up for my weekly email newsletter at LlewellisMD.com and listen to my podcast, The Direct Care Derm, wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to dentistry. I wrote this book because I want to empower you to start giving your skin the same love and respect you give your teeth and gums. I want it to be an enjoyable and sustainable daily habit that you don't have to think twice about doing. And I don't want it to break the bank. While it's best for everyone wanting to take better care of their skin to be able to see a board-certified dermatologist, that's not realistic. What makes this situation even worse is how we are bombarded with skincare information by traditional media, social media, don't get me started on TikTok trends, Sephora and your local Mary Kay or Rodan and Fields consultant down the street. I know, I know. That Mary Kay rep made enough money off the anxieties and dreams of her friends and family to, quote, retire her husband from his job with the insurance company. But that doesn't ensure any level of expertise, experience, or knowledge related to skin health. People want healthy, youthful-looking skin. The global cosmeceuticals industry is worth greater than $50 billion, and it's growing. People also value simplicity, affordability, and hopefully, science. It's just not easy to find that combination and sort through the noise and marketing. One reason I wrote this book is that most of the information about anti-aging skincare regimens that non-medical professionals can easily find, for example, through a Google search or media platform like TikTok, is not created by board-certified dermatologists. For instance, back in July of 2023, did a Google search for how to use retinol in order to get an idea of what people interested in this might be consuming. The fourth search result was a link to a blog post called Here's How to Use Retinol the Right Way, written by a self-described luxury lifestyle blogger and founder of a fragrance line inspired by the scents inside five-star hotels. While I have nothing against this lovely woman who appears to be doing very well for herself, this would be like an article written by me showing up on the first page of Google's results for How to Start a Luxury Lifestyle Blog. It's not quite Aaron Rodgers telling Anthony Fauci how to do his job, but you get the idea. And I can't stress enough that I'm not trying to belittle efforts like this. The reality is, she's doing a much better job crafting and marketing her message for the people who want to hear it than 99% of board-certified dermatologists. With respect to that, I want to be part of the 1%. Unfortunately, it doesn't stop with minor and relatively harmless bits of confidently delivered misinformation. 
On July 4, 2023, Rolling Stone published a short article by Miles Klee called Anti-Sunscreen Influencers Want to Fry Your Skin, Natural Wellness Gurus, Conspirituality Peddlers, and Trad Life Propagandists Have Joined Forces to Increase Their Collective Risk of Cancer. The subheading is pure gold, reading like something you would find in The Onion. Klee discusses a June 3rd, 2023 tweet from UK fitness and wellness influencer James Middleton. He writes, Middleton urged followers to dispense with sunscreen, arguing that the vitamin D produced by the human body when exposed to sunlight, quote, makes it almost impossible to develop an autoimmune disease, end quote. That sounds like hyperbole because it is. The benefits of vitamin D supplementation, while real, are often overstated. Klee also attacks the sunscreen-mocking musings of at really tan man. Fortunately, Twitter now attaches context to tweets like this to help counter the potential dangers of this kind of misinformation. In this case, there is plenty of evidence-based context attached to tan man's tweet pointing out the unequivocal carcinogenic risks associated with excess ultraviolet exposure and clear safety profile of sunscreens. I hope Tan Man doesn't go the way of the Marlboro Man and succumb to melanoma as a result of his chosen behavior, but it would certainly be poetic. The misinformation peddlers often have impressive marketing skills, good looks, and compelling content. However, they also have some rather unfair advantages over reputable physicians who try to disseminate high-quality information online while upholding professional and ethical obligations and standards. These include blatant disregard for pesky things like integrity, science, and public health. That's the internet for you. It may not be fair, but it doesn't do any good to moan about fairness. More and more, however, physicians are stepping up to the plate despite the higher standards to which we hold ourselves and to which society understandably holds us. I admire and applaud each one of them. I'll admit I'm getting a little out of breath. The air is really thin up there on my soapbox. I wrote this book to give you an expert's eye view into what happens every day in my practice when people ask about how to turn back the clock. Just before the end of their appointment in which we may have done a full skin check to look for skin cancers or discussed how their psoriasis or hair loss is doing, people will often ask me, while I have you here, what can I do for my skin? I mean, just look at it. They will point to areas with discoloration, wrinkles, and crepiness all signs of aging that are a consequence of both time and sun exposure, among other factors like cigarette smoking. Who hasn't seen the late-night infomercial for crepe erase? As it typically isn't the primary reason they are seeing me, I've had to refine and simplify my advice over time in order to get through the day and keep the train running. A bit of an aside here. That was certainly the case when I was an insurance-dependent dermatologist who relied on volume of patients rather than the quality of the care that I provided my patients in order to make a sufficient amount of income for both my employer and myself. Things are different now, and I encourage you to reach out to me to learn more if you would like. Since this is a written medium in which I can leverage my expertise and experience rather than a time-constrained one-on-one visit to the doctor— I have the opportunity to teach you what I would have loved to teach my patients back in those days if I had sufficient time and resources. This format is, of course, not a substitute for personalized medical advice that takes into account the nuances of your particular skin type, medical history, concerns, and goals. It also doesn't establish a physician-patient relationship. However, 
After completing dermatology residency training at Stanford University and caring for tens of thousands of patients with a wide variety of dermatologic issues, three concepts have emerged that are key to affordably and sustainably optimizing skin health for the long haul. Are you ready to look 40 when you're 50 without needles and knives? Take a walk with me. I'm a bit ashamed to say this, but when I started my dermatology residency, I knew nothing about topical retinoids, let alone niacinamide, hyaluronic acid, and vitamin C serums. I'm not even sure I knew what SPF meant. Fortunately, I had the privilege of being surrounded by a group of people who cared about their skin, and more importantly, knew how to care for their skin. Within months of taking their advice, my forehead, which I always assumed was just naturally bumpy, was smoother than I could have ever imagined. I want you to have a version of this same privilege. Sure, the title of this book references looking 40 when you're 50, but I don't care how old you are. As with planting trees, the best time to start investing in the long-term health of your skin is 20 years ago, and the second best time is now. After reading this short book, you will have the confidence and knowledge to build the three-component core of an affordable, sustainable, and simple, think just 90 seconds a day, skincare regimen that will pay huge dividends down the road if done consistently. This information is widely available, yet still so many people struggle with it and ask me what they can do, so I know there is an unmet need. Just like, I hope, your financial advisor would tell you, small contributions over a decades-long time horizon can reliably yield seemingly miraculous results. In this book, you will learn how to protect your skin from damage from harmful ultraviolet light and environmental pollutants, anti-aging and cancer prevention, and how to take advantage of intrinsic biological systems to gradually turn back the clock for your skin. Think of the three-step script framework I will teach you as compound interest for your face. I applaud you for taking action and putting some skin in the game. Common Myths Myth number one, it's too late for me to start an anti-aging routine. Should someone who has never had access to a toothbrush toothpaste, clean water, and floss assume it's too late to care for their teeth and gums if they gain access to these things? Of course not. When possible, invest in your skin health just like you would your dental health or any other part of your health. It is never too late to start. I started the routine I teach in this book during my first year of dermatology residency when I was 32 years old. Of course I wish I had started earlier, but I don't lose sleep over it. When I get the chance to urge a person in their teens or early 20s about these strategies, I feel grateful. I tell them I'm excited to be able to get them started early and that I wish I had this knowledge when I was their age. Just like it's never too late, I also believe it's never, within reason, too early. I am of course not advising you to smother your toddler in serums and retinol, but please do help protect them from the sun. However, there is no rule that says you have to wait until you are becoming anxious about your skin aging or actually seeing signs of it. As the saying goes, prevention is the best medicine. Remember the luxury lifestyle blogger I referenced who is teaching us internet searchers the right way to use retinol? Well, in that article, she does not reference advice from a single board-certified dermatologist. She does, though, cite a suggestion from a licensed esthetician that the, quote, number of nights to use retinol can be guided by your age. You can start using retinol in your late 20s and throughout your 30s and apply it three to four times a week. 
Users in their 40s can apply retinol every other night, and those in their 50s, 60s, and older can consider using retinol five to seven nights a week. I've never heard a dermatologist give that advice. Topical retinoids like retinol, much more on this later, should ideally be used once daily regardless of your age. You will likely not be able to tolerate once daily use when you are just starting to use one. And there will inevitably be times when you should decrease the frequency of use or stop for a while. But by following an esthetician's advice to use a topical retinoid only every other day over a 20-year period, you are missing out on a ton of low-hanging, delicious, and remarkably affordable fruit. Again, this advice appears in the fourth search result for how to use retinol on Google as of July 2023. This is a good reminder that someone's search engine optimization, or SEO, prowess does not necessarily reflect the quality and accuracy of the content that they have optimized. But I digress. Let's get back to your skin. Myth number two. Effective skincare routines are complicated and expensive. But TikTok says I need K-beauty and snail mucin. I have nothing against those, but you do not need them. As a New York University and Stanford-trained, board-certified dermatologist, I write with a hard-earned degree of authority when I tell you that your daily anti-aging skincare routine can fit in the palm of your hand, and you can buy a reputable one that should last at least a month, and often longer, for less than $100. Have you ever heard of something called the Pareto Principle? Essentially, the Pareto Principle refers to the 20% of the actions that get you 80% of the results. Consider what I'm going to teach you to be the Pareto principle for keeping your skin looking and feeling fit. Your routine needs to be neither expensive nor complicated. Mine certainly is not, and I like it that way. If it was complicated, I doubt I would do it consistently, and the consistency is really what gets you the results. Hey, Steven here. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way you can support a podcast is to share, follow, subscribe, and most importantly, leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast hosting platform. If you're new here, you might not feel ready to leave an honest review yet. That's totally fine. At the very least, keep listening and share it with one person in your life who you think might benefit from it. Thanks for being here. Your attention means the world to me. I'll see you on the next episode. If you like this and want to subscribe to my newsletter, head over to LuellisMD.com. That's L-E-W-E-L-L-I-S-M-D as in medical doctor.com.